0: Welcome to Red Inca. I think this is my first live Red Inca ever. Um, But we thought during the World Cup, we've got actually plenty of episodes recorded. But during the World Cup, you know, putting a random episode in from, uh, that that might be interesting, but might not actually uh, be the most current thing that everyone wants to follow. uh, We didn't think was ideal. So we've gone with, uh, on Mondays, we'll do, or Mondays or Sundays, we'll do Uncovered with uh, Bayram. And we'll talk about, you know the most recent games, and then on Wednesday night uh, for Thursday morning, we'll do uh, a look at the the next few games. But in this one, I thought maybe it was a bit more interesting to look at the entire tournament so far, get a bit of an idea of where all the teams are. So um, I've actually got notes here, so let me go through them. I'll go through the teams in alphabetical order, only because. I'd like to say that if I think in alphabetical order, I'm less likely to forget teams, but I'm pretty sure I left Australia off a graphic the other day. Um, I think I've missed Netherlands and Pakistan at various times as well. So maybe I'm not that good at the alphabet, but I'm pretty sure I've got this in alphabetical order. I may not. I was rushing. but um, Afghanistan, I really like their batting against India. It was a good batting wicket. But I think we're seeing little bits, of, little signs of development that they will eventually be a proper uh, batting team. You know, they've been a proper bowling team for a long time now, and you know we know how good they are um, at that, and how good they are with you know all-rounders and and other players. But batting uh, and, and good proper ODI batting, long-form batting, you know, eighties, hundreds, hundred and twenties, which is. Kind of what every other team does. So I had a look at this today that uh, the there has been eleven hundreds in nine games in this tournament, and I think the last tournament there was hundred every one point four games, and the tournament before that was every one point two games. That's what you have to do to stay up with the you know the the semi final teams. And I'm not saying that Afghanistan is quite ready to be a semi final team, but if they want to play in the semifinals if they want to get to a position where they have a good chance of uh, at least fighting for those spots um you know or just more than the one win they've had in world cup so far they have to make consistent runs and i saw signs there that were decent you know that, that suggested to me there was something going on uh the only other th- question i i would uh, ask is in this particular tournament can they win games if Rashid Khan continues to bowl the way that he currently is? Um, he is getting smashed. Uh, he's being smashed by Bangladesh and now India. I thought it was a bad sign he didn't bring himself on early. I know he's not the captain, but, you know, he's Rashid Khan, so bring himself on earlier when they needed him. Uh, I, have, I have real grave uh, issues because also he's been getting hit so much that it's not just that he's not bowling well. It's that he's a negative. That's the bit I don't understand. I, if he was par, fine, you know, but this is already starting to be the second World Cup in a row that he's been really, really poor. Um, so not ideal there, uh, move on to Australia. I think that's right. Alphabetically. I, I don't want to test anyone here because I, I will be wrong anyway. Um, it's obviously only one game that the, the I've got a lot of messages from people in Australia saying that they're very, very concerned with what they've seen so far. I'm not massively concerned. I think that I assume they were poor against spin, but I hadn't gone maybe as deep into it as I should have. When you really start to go into it, you do realize that they're terrible against spin. Not all the pitches are going to spin in the way uh, that the one did in Chippewa, and they're not going to face the quality of spin, especially three of them, the way they did in India, but it is a concern. Also, Zampa on his own already looks kind of undermanned. Uh, He'll have better days. Of course, he won't always bowl with the Jew and everything else, but they already look a spinner short, right? So they can't play spin. They're not bowling spin particularly well at the moment. It is a World Cup in India, right? Like at a certain point, one of these things is going to have to uh, come good. Bangladesh. So Bangladesh lost to England yesterday. I don't know why I would say that because you have no idea when you're listening to this, but uh, they lost to England on Tuesday uh, time is relative during a world cup i thought they were really good against afghanistan the, the bits that i liked were just the professional way they went about their cricket um maybe a little bit too slow at the end when they could have got a net run rate um, bump but that's perhaps a team who hasn't won enough right especially at world cup level and wanted to make sure that they got that victory um but but i love the way they went about that game i thought their bowlers were excellent um their, their batters were very professional. I love Mahidi Hassan batting in a new position in the order. Why not? Let's just chuck him around everywhere. Um, really impresses me. He's he a bit like Shaqib last tournament. And he could have an incredible tournament uh, in this in this one and not end up uh, playing the tournament just because they won't get anywhere near the finals. Um, Shakib's played good in both games. Didn't take wickets against England, England of course. So they're very professional in their first game. And in the second game, they got punched in the mouth by England. I think we have to give an allowance to Bangladesh for the fact that I'm not sure how they they have beaten England before of recent times, commentated on some of those games. They played really good cricket. This is a full-strength England in a World Cup. And the one issue that Bangladesh should have against England is that England just have the ability to score the amount of runs that Bangladesh don't. So if you look at that game, Bangladesh actually restricted them, but they restricted them to a point that Bangladesh still couldn't reach. Now, the early wickets completely knocked that game off. But I don't think they would have made it anyway, if we're being honest. And so, um, you know, a little bit disappointed for them in those two games. However, they're one from one after two. And they lost to the reigning champs and they beat the team that they should have beaten. It's not a bad position for them to be in, but I'm not quite sure where they are. Um, you know, like where we should be ranking them, how we should be thinking about them at the moment. Um, I'd like to see them against New Zealand, Sri Lanka, Just to see if they're closer to New Zealand or believe Sri Lanka are in that sort of range
1: at the moment. Hard to tell a little bit, I think. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports.
0: England, well, that first game was hilarious, let's be honest. It's <laughs> just the fact that they lost to a team with three bowlers. Will never not be funny to I mean, that's a, that's a New, Ze- uh, New Zealand, what's her name? England. That's like England of the 90s. That's what you would expect England of the 90s to do, to go up against a team who's essentially laying the game off and get absolutely smashed in that game. I, I think the one thing I would say that is a positive sign is they were pretty poor in that game and they still made a lot of runs. Yeah, they didn't make 350 or 400 or, or those sort of totals, but they weren't bowled out for like 80 or 150. And I think early England uh, white ball cricket, there was a little bit more boom and bust to the way they played. They've got a lot more consistent so that they they don't have as many of those really low scoring games. They still chase the high totals and, you know, they still have flame outs and everything else. Um, uh, but I think that's a positive. Uh, what they found out between, well, what they found out in that first game, I suppose, is that, they really do need wickets at the top, and you know I, I think last World Cup campaign we we focused quite a bit on Liam Plunkett and Adol Rashid, which is fine. I, I think don't think that's a mistake at all. But I do remember that Chris works had, and I think by you know he had a, so many wickets in the power play, and was certainly one of the world's best bowlers in in that period. I think he might have had the best average for a long period of time in that cycle. They then added Joffre Archer, right? So, And they had David Willey as well, another good uh, power play bowler. Um, I think that was everyone. I mean, Top Lee and Current obviously played a little bit, but not that much. So that, they certainly at that stage had, you know, very, very good um, options with the new ball. And so they've come into this. They've got smashed in the face in the first game. They know that Moinelli not going to get wickets, but it gives them so much flexibility and other options that they can kind of understand why he should play or why he shouldn't play and all these things. But when it comes down to it, it makes probably more sense for them to have Curran and Wokes as sort of a two headed all round monster, take the spin from Joe Root and Liam Livingston, and then make sure that you've still got that strength at the top with Reese Topley. Now the issue with all this of course, is that a bit like Australia, they're kind of down to one spinner again, right? And one spinner and bits and pieces for the rest. And that doesn't. I don't think that means they can't win the World Cup, but I do think that on certain surfaces it's going to um, cause issues. Now, maybe throughout the tournament, they could just bring Topley um, in for the wickets where they think they'll need wickets at the top, and they use Moen Alley. But of course, they're, they're essentially either way, they're slightly weak, weakening their side. It reminds me a little bit, although it's a different situation, of Australia in the. Um, 2003 World Cup when they had Andrew Simons and Ian Harvey. So if you pick Andrew Simons, you have a I, I think Simons got injured halfway through. Obviously, he's a much stronger batter, and then you kind of hope your fifth bowling holds together, right? But if you have Ian Harvey in the side, your fifth bowler is actually really, really strong. Um, and But your batting uh, has a weakness. And, you know, we've seen teams do this all the time. The moinelli Reese topley one's interesting because they're slightly different roles, and it's a very different lineup construction. Between those two, but I think they look better with Topley in the side, which it hurts me to say because I want the team to bat as long as possible because it's funny, um, but I'm not sure if that's the case. Um, their second game, I thought they were really good. You know, bounced back, didn't have any major issues there at all. Uh, I I thought they were professional in the way they went about it. I th- I thought they made sure that the game was over as quickly as possible. Um, so it's very mixed bag from them so far. Uh, On to India. So I think the only negatives with India so far is that their top order completely folded against Australia. I think that was very good bowling, but I think they're still a very top order de- dependent side. I mean, most teams are, right? Uh, and I do think that might, sh- you know, in that particular case, they were probably saved by their conditions a little bit. And, of course, Mitch Marsh dropping a catch off his dick. If Mitch Marsh <laughs> takes that catch... It's possible India lose that game, but the only two issues we've had with the Indi- India so far is that top order collapse, and then perhaps, and maybe I'm being even a little bit harsh, but they are the raging hot favourites of the tournament here. They could have blown out Afghanistan. That would have been that would have been a nicer sign, but they won that game obviously very very easily. So in no way is that a negative on them, and it was a good batting wicket. But, you know, Siraj bowled a little bit too full, was chasing wickets at times. Um, Deep was chasing wickets at times. Had they just bowled their best rather than trying to take wickets, maybe that would have worked better. But in no, I don't think that... It's a really minor quibble on something that probably doesn't matter all that much, right? But, you know, they are a really good side. And, you know, obviously the most pressure is on them. There's a lot of talk about their team, Um and, you know, weaknesses and everything else. I, I mean, this is going to terrify certain Indian fans, but there isn't really a weakness in this side. You know, in England, we don't know how they're going to take wickets from te- the 10th over mark to the, you know, 50th over mark. Um, South Africa's got 5 five frontline bowlers in their team, but teams are still smacking them around a little bit, and the whole, their batting finishes at number six, although Marco's doing a great job of recent times. Um, Australia can't play spin and doesn't have a second spinner. Uh, am i missing someone else uh new, new zealand is uh still probably not a good death bowling side although i like Trent bolts uh knuckleballs um still doesn't have you know, a strong spin bowling lineup um and has two seamers that are not in form uh, and pakistan so pakistan batting is probably not going to blow anyone out of the water but they're obviously very good scorers and and everything else um But they're not great at taking wickets in that middle period because of their spinners. So that's kind of every team's weakness summed up. So what's India's weakness? Sometimes they have to play Shardul. And I'm not sure he's a weakness. He's actually become a very good middle-overs wicket-taker. So if you compare India to all the other teams, it's a lot different. I I think most teams in this World Cup need something to go right for them in order to win the World Cup. I'm not sure that that is the case for India at the moment now things might change and there are all sorts of things that can happen in world cups like you know three or four of your main players can lose form one injury can destabilize the team uh, a little bit uh, you get caught on one wicket and then you've just got the india side of it too of let's say they get to three or four wins in a row uh, and then they lose you know a, a crutch a crutch mate i miss a crotch game um, a clutch game uh, you know a game at the death indians start to put pressure on them again, don't trust them, whatever that may be. Then things change, I think, a little bit at that stage. But as, it, as they are currently constructed, I, I find it really hard to find the negativity. Although, to be fair, the Indian fans have had no problems finding all that negativity and, and bringing it to me. In fact, there was a message I saw on Crick Info today that said that Shadul Thakur was going to lose the game against Afghanistan. At that you bowled two overs for seven, uh, for 13 runs. and So about you know, six and a half runs and over. Siroj was getting hit more at that point. It, it's just the the signs that people are looking for are really interesting. Uh, just on Shadul, I will do a video about this. I actually had it written and then Rohit did a Rohit. But um, what I one thing I am quite interested in with, with Shadul is I think a lot of people think because he's not very good that weakens the Indian team, but because of what he does, he strengthens the overall team. Even though he may not be as you know uh, as skilled as some other players, it's a really important thing uh for people to understand with him uh who are we up to netherlands uh i think they played really well in both their losses and that's had a really patronizing but i didn't mean it but what i meant was i thought they were in both games at, at certain times i thought they were clever i love the way that scott edwards has been captaining he's certainly been my favorite captain to watch so far he is so proactive, clearly getting a lot from coaches and the a- analysts and even uh, people like Max O'Dowd, who I think might be Max O'Dowd who holds the, um, uh, the matchup sheets for him. Um, certainly was on one of the occasions, I think. Uh, no, I really like the way they've gone about it there. I-, I like for a weaker side, they have longer batting. There's always a good thing about Afghanistan. I think the one thing with Afghanistan is they don't have as many top order players who could go on, but the fact that they quite often had guys at seven, eight, nine who could bat was always handy. And you look at, I think Roloff's been batting at eight so far, I want to say. And I know he's not the batter he once was. And you know, partly that is the reason he's moved down, but I I think they made a decision also to move him down the order that you know, you won't get many associate teams with someone as quality as him coming down the order, right? It's just not a thing that you are, we are used to seeing, um, I remember when I was doing analysis, uh, you know, with the associate teams, all the um, a lot of the other analysts were just saying you just basically have to get most teams four or five wickets down. And once you do that, you can kind of roll through them. This is not what the Dutch is like. They are very good at using their strengths on an individual basis on, on the batters, as a team basis. Um, you know, with the way that Scott Edwards, I think you eight bowls in the first game, seven bowls in the second game, you know, trying as many different things. Um, as we can uh, to you know try and upset the opposition. Um, I think their bowling has stood up really, really well. Aaron Dutt, who it's funny, I was watching highlights of another game the other day, and he was bowling terribly. And then I was watching the real game, and I was like, "This was only like six months ago. He's improved out of sight." I don't I don't know what tier I had him in my rankings of the spinners, but it was low. And what I really like is his ability to bowl very well up top. Um, you know, young. They've got, a, I mean, they've got another young uh, spinner as well, Pringle. So they've got some talent out there. It's a really, uh, and and I suppose that's the thing I'm most excited about. I thought winning one game would be a, would be about par for them. Um, I know there some Dutch fans who told me making it was par, but I, I think they're slightly better than that. Um, but. Whether they win or lose uh what well, you know a game or whether they lose all their games, I suppose is the best way of putting it you know we we know Baz the leader is the real thing they know vikram needs some work they know Aaron Duck can hold up at this level uh the seamers have been really good as always Scott Edwards looks uh you know really really intelligent that you know there's some things that they need to fix and and change and everything else but i've been really really impressed with them um so far and uh Really looking forward to seeing them play throughout the rest of the tournament, even if they don't win another game. New Zealand, uh, they, they were—I I mean, that first game. I know we covered it in the England one, but what? A, I, and Tom Latham, to be fair, really enjoyed his captaincy a lot too. Uh, since we're talking about those sorts of things, um, it's a hard team to really get a grip on. And the reason that it's so confusing, New Zealand, is that they are that first game was nuts and the second game was against an associate where I don't think they were quite at their best. And so where do you kind of rank them? You know, wh- how do you have a look at, uh, how do you judge a team in that situation? It's not, I don't want to say the first game was a fluke because they were the ones who played well, but it was a random set of events that might never happen again in cricket. Right. Um, and the second game, they're kind of a little bit of handbrake on. So I don't know where New Zealand are. I know a lot of people are really excited with them at the moment and they've won two games and good luck to them. I'm not ready to fully commit on them as a team because I do think they, I think they have serious bowling issues. And generally, I think it's bowling that keeps them in tournaments as much as anything. But Ratcham Ravindra has looked incredible. Devin Conway's in great touch. Daryl Mitchell's in that side. They might get Kane Williamson back, although I always thought this might be an issue. But... There's a lot to like for for them so far, Um, and their next couple of games will tell us a lot more about their realistic chances. Pakistan. So they have two wins as well, and I think they were quite poor in their opening game. And Sri Lanka, uh, the Sri Lanka game, I think they let Sri Lanka get too many runs. So how do I feel about them at the moment? It's better to have two wins than not to have two wins. I thought, you know, Rizwan's chase, the, the batting of him and, and Saul Shaquille. Uh, no, not Saul Shaquille. Well, yeah, Saul Shaquille in the first game, wasn't it? Um, and Shafiq in the second game. i have like be, really been impressed by those three batting um, performances. Three batting performances? Yeah, three. Oh, Rizwan might've made a 50 in the first game as well. So four batting performances. I like their chase. I think there were times in their chase where I was like, I wonder what they're doing here. And then there are other times where I was like, oh, they're in complete control of this. This is this is excellent um, batting from them. They're bowling. Harris-Ralph was probably just a bit too quick for the Netherlands and that one spell changed the game. Netherlands were there and thereabouts there. Um, and had Netherlands been able to cap, if Netherlands have been a slightly different team and been able to capitalize on the middle overs when they were bowling, Pakistan lose that game. Right? Uh, I wasn't particularly impressed with their bowls against Sri Lanka. Good batting pitch, tough to get things right. Lengths of their seamers weren't particularly good. Wrist one was fine, uh, but the uh, the wrist spinner um, Shadab. I mean, I did a a feature on him uh, for uh, one of our lives. He's. A, I'm really really. I've got some issues with, with everything that he's doing at the moment. I don't know how he can come back from that. But he's such a good player and because he can bat and field. And they, you know, I don't know if they drop him. It'd be really interesting because it changes the dynamic of their team. But if they can get someone in the side, and they obviously have you know, a backup leg in the side who probably is a better strike bowler. Uh, the best way of putting it is, I think Shadab at this stage is basically a part-timer. The way he's currently bowling. I don't think he is a part-timer. But the way he's currently bowling, he's a part-timer. So do you bring in a specialist? But they're two wins from two, right? Like These are, re- these are the toughest decisions, I think, when you're winning. But it doesn't look right. It doesn't smell right. Um, these are the times when, when I've worked with teams, by the way, when they absolutely hate me. And the reason they hate me is because they're all high because they're winning. And I'm like, yeah, we shouldn't have won that game. <laughs> no one wants to hear that, as I found it many times. Um, South Africa. I've got probably fewer notes on them. I mean, their batting lineup did exactly what I thought it would do. Um, you know, I've covered their batting lineup quite a bit. Very obsessed with the number seven position, but also the top six in ODIs. I think they've been absolutely fantastic. Um I'm worried about their bowling. They didn't pick Shams in that first game, which was interesting as well, but I'm worried about their bowling just because they do seem to go for a lot of runs, very fast runs against Australia and now against Sri Lanka. They can take wickets, so maybe they're playing. They're you know playing a you know a bit of a risky game. And Rabada is that kind of a bowler, so maybe kind of following the way their you know main bowler goes. But I did not like the way they bowled against Sri Lanka. We'll know a lot more um, you know when they play against Australia, of course. But I don't, I, that's the thing that I can't get out of my head at the moment. So g- generally, with with South Africa, I come into a tournament and I say pretty much the same thing over and over again, which is think there's a bug in their batting and i think it will come out later in the tournament this is the first time where i know there's a bug in this batting in that kind of finishes at number six but i've never seen them in a tournament with this strong batting ever all the way through their history i've never had batters in this form of this ability all in six of them uh like we see at the moment but weirdly it's their bowling where i'm looking at it and going It doesn't match up the eye test and the stats and the names. So the eye test and the stats uh, are saying that these aren't as good bowlers as you would think they would be, but the names suggest that they are. So I don't know if I'm just looking for a reason why they're not as good. And that pitch against Sri Lanka was absolutely a great batting wicket and they probably already thought they'd won that game when they went out to bowl. That could be the reason. There's just something about it that... No, I can't fully buy into them at the moment, but you know, if they play really well against Australia, I'm I'm on board. Uh, and then Sri Lanka. Uh, it's incredible, isn't it? They came into this tournament and we all basically said they can't bat, but geez, what a bowling lineup. And of course, Hasarunga, Chimira, uh, Tikshana, like dropping like flies. And it's a real shame because I don't think they would have been a semi-finalist. But I do think they had a good team and it's a young team. I would have liked to see them punching a little bit, you know, three, four, maybe even sneaky five wins with a terrible net run rate type of situation. And, you know, their batters have held up, although the batters have probably had the two best batting wickets in the entire tournament so far, but their batting has completely held up. Um, But because of the lack of bowlers in both those games, they just haven't been able to... um, strike enough or keep enough pressure on. We've seen, you know, Patharana and uh, Wellalage struggle a little bit at times, you know, as you would expect of younger bowlers, especially younger bowlers without senior bowlers around, right? That's the that's quite often the issue there. Wellalage would be really good in a situation where he has Tikshana and um, Hasaranga around him. You know, just a little bit more senior, a little bit more experience just to go over and have a chat to him. He's obviously a smart cricketer. Um, and and Patharana with... Slightly different bowling attack wouldn't have to be used in all the situations he's been used in so far. So, yeah, it's a complete reversal of what we expected. And I think the biggest problem is that they're already out of contention. So, they won't think that and they shouldn't think that. They should fight very hard in their next game. But if they do lose the next game, I think what they should start to do is make sure that they have one eye ahead to the T20 World Cup and growing these players. It should be a development um, situation for them. I'm not saying they don't try and win games because, of course, they try and win games. And, you know, they haven't played any, they've played two good sides. They've played two genuine chances of, you know, winning the tournament um, teams so far. But if they do lose another game, you know in the next one or two i really like to see them develop and try things and uh, and use it from that perspective they probably won't because it's a world cup um but there isn't that many times you get to play this many varied teams in, in in different backgrounds you can try people out um in different roles but under pressure rather than in bilaterals and everything else it'll, it'll be really interesting but it, it'd be they're an incredibly young side i don't know if they're the youngest i suppose afghanistan's the youngest but some of the Afghanistan players might not actually be that age. Um, but yes, I, so far in the World Cup, what, what are, I'm just trying to think of some of my other thoughts. I think early on, I thought the pitches were more favouring spin bowling. I think the last couple of wickets are more favouring batting. And it's incredible how, how quickly people are like, oh, batting pitches are ruining this tournament. They weren't before. Like, it's one bad batting pitch is almost enough for people to go, oh, too many runs, ruining the game. And I kind of get it. And I'm, I'm on their side morally, but it's it, 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 it's always incredible to me that you can have, like, what, what do we have, 2017 to 2021 or 2000, no, 2022, so about six years of bowlers absolutely dominating and people are still going, baddest game, too many runs being scored, it's easy to score runs these days. When bowlers are on top, people don't even notice. And you have, like, two test matches in a row where people will make runs and everyone's suddenly like, oh, God. Can't, no one could get a wicket anymore. might as well have bowling machines out there. It's, it felt a bit the same in this tournament. So that's one thing we've noticed. Obviously, the BCCI have completely stuffed up the handling of this tournament from beginning to the end. What an embarrassment. I, I always wonder, and I've had these conversations with people at the BCCI who you know, I'm friends with, are you not embarrassed? And they kind of shrug their shoulders. And I can never tell if it just doesn't matter to them or whether they're so embarrassed that they don't know what to say in that kind of situation. Um, but that, that's been a bit, big problem. Uh, commentary has been interesting as someone who has watched all the games on TV on the global feed. So a lot of Australians, just an absolute metric ass ton of Australians in this commentary. Like I feel like every day there's a new Australian on the commentary. Um, I I find that interesting. I'm not really sure how that has ended up. Um, I don't think the footage and the, and, and the coverage has been as, you know, there are sometimes we come into a world cup and there's, Some really interesting things going on. This one's probably been a little bit safer um, so far. The mid 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 game entertainment stuff with the lights going on and off is quite interesting, Um, and and that looks great on TV. But I wish they would look after the fans in the grounds better. Um, I would say this. This is really across most cricket grounds in the world, but certainly as you know, I've been to quite a few Indian grounds. That the facilities should be a lot better. Don't make it look good on TV if it's not a comfortable. Position to be in. I like the fans. Uh, I mean, the literal fans that they have out there. Um, but yeah, it, I think this is going to be the tournament where people start to turn on ODI cricket. So I did a video already on, on what we could do to change ODI cricket. And I think this is the time when we could see a couple of games droning on a little bit. Um, if it does become a batting tournament as well, I think the difference between the top teams and the middle teams and the lower teams will really stretch out. Like in lower scoring tournaments, you know, you can have weird results and, and all these sorts of things. Whereas I think in those, in the batting tournaments, you know, it's very hard for Bangladesh or Netherlands or Afghanistan or even Sri Lanka, you know, to score 350 plus. If that becomes something that you have to score to be in a game, I think that that's very, very, um, uh, very, very shit. Um, from uh, you know, it could, it just could become very draining, and it, it, I kind of feel like it has been a little bit already. It's also, it, it's weird because test cricket has become a lot more popular in the last couple of years, and it's doing a lot, a lot better financially, and people are starting to talk it up in administration, which I hadn't heard in a very long time. But one day cricket, and the amount of people who are like, oh, it's this long oh, I have, you know, I have to follow it and, and, oh, God, I've got 30 overs and middle overs now. Do I want to be involved? In test cricket, people are willing to invest the time at the moment and one day cricket, they're not. I do think there is an issue with how the game is being played. Anyway, that's the end of my World Cup wrap, but I'll go into the co- – oh, my God, there's a lot of comments in here. Um, I, I will go into the comments and, and have a look um, and see if there's anything in. But I'll just have a quick ad break here uh a huge fan we'll, we'll do the red Incas live probably on wednesday nights all the way through the world cup um i don't know if we'll ever take red inca completely live on this channel but obviously we usually put the shows up here so if you like um uh, uh you know deep dives into certain topics of uh people feel free to go back through all the old ones but for now stay tuned i'm not going anywhere i'm just going to play this ad then i'll see if there's any chats all right, just a couple of questions, and then we'll head out. But thank you to everyone in the chat uh, who we got. Ha- Hamza and Wesh and pratik of course, Mewtwo, um, Doctor, Dr. D. Walker. Uh, But thank you so much. Um, obviously, uh, all these things help, but let's just get to the comments and see what people ask. Uh, Carl says... We'll be interesting to see if overall rachin Ravindra instead of Bracewell actually add more balance due to Ratchin being able to bat in the top order, meaning another all-rounder or batting or batter can be added. Well, I mean, he's added more value at the moment because he's been spectacular. I still think that what... I mean, knowing what we know about Ravindra now, he probably you want him to be in the squad and then you want him to play instead of Williamson, but you still want Bracewell in ahead of Nisham in that first game and probably Bracewell in ahead of Chapman in the second game. So Ration's been incredible, but I don't think that overcomes the fact that New Zealand would absolutely have loved to have had Bracewell and Ravindra. Um, and I think Bracewell is a better bowler, at, at least at this stage, uh, you know, he's older and more mature and, um, it would have been an interesting bowler in, in some ways. He also spins the ball a different direction to Santner and Sodi, which, you know, it's kind of why they they want Glenn Phillips to bowl um, so much. So you're right, you know, they're in what you're saying. But I, I think that, let's say, let's say Ravindra batted three um, anyway, and Bracewell batted six or seven. I think that's a better side than what we've seen so far in this tournament. Oh, I've got another one from Kyle. Uh he says, Kane's not the best uh, captain at managing spin. No, I, I wrote about this in the 2019 World Cup. His treatment of Santner never really made any sense. It's funny now that I've become like, people suddenly, oh, you, you're not rating Santana high enough. Like in 2019, everyone was saying, you're rating Santana too high. Um, so I don't know where I am on the Santana love and hate scale. But in that World Cup, he wouldn't bowl into left-handers. And Santa actually had a really good ODI record against left-handers. And there was a game where, Williamson bold himself rather than using his frontline spinner. And I have seen a few times where I've thought to myself that uh, Williamson's not a great uh, captain when it comes to managing spin. Latham does seem to really understand that sort of stuff and uh, I really enjoy Latham as captain. I'm not saying that that makes him a better captain than Williamson, but in some ways he's more noticeable captain than Williamson maybe a little bit more proactive um, and but Williamson of course is you know steady the ship right and that's his thing. And Dinesh says, how come you are so interested about this World Cup? I'm so interested about all World Cups, Dinesh. It's a cricket channel and it's a cricket World Cup. It'd be weird if I ran a cricket channel or about four cricket channels in my case and a World Cup came up and I wasn't interested in it. Not sure uh, that would do me or my channel any much good. Plus, I grew up on World Cups like most people did and uh, they're really good. Um, The same way i like lots of different things in cricket anyway that's red inca for this week as i said we'll be back next week we'll have another week we'll know a little bit more about the teams i think we're starting to see trends but you know in pakistan could lose their next two games and new zealand could lose their next two games and who knows what will happen with australia south africa um as well some of you will be listening to this while that game is on so uh thank you again for supporting us and we'll be doing so many lives on this channel throughout the world cup if you're not already following it follow us subscribe press the bell icon Uh, and of course if you're listening on the podcast thank you very much for all your support and i'll see you again next time thanks for listening this podcast has an ad-free version via patreon where there are many other extras as well including a discord channel there's a link to those in the show notes Please review, subscribe, and tell all your friends about our show. Word of mouth is the best way of making our podcast grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Bharat Sundaraysen and Bayram Kazi. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston. Each episode is produced by Ishit Kuberka at Sound Potion Studio. The team from 42 help us out with the video side. Sena Senapaya and Maida Akan, both producing podcasts, while Makunda Bandretti is the head of our YouTube content. Do you make content but don't want to listen to yourself talk? Well, I get that. Memento FM's AI does all the listening for you. It picks out the highlights and it makes you sound far more amazing than you really are. Embrace Memento FM today.